Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to the Dribble Podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look at a Perth Wildcats season that has roared back to life thanks to three huge wins in the past fortnight. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West and the man alongside me every week, the heart and soul of Perth Wildcats, vice-captain and three-time NBL champ, Mr. Greg High. How are you, Greg? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, obviously, uh, we've been missed on the airwaves. We've we had, have been. <laughs> we it's have. been nice to be missed. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, obviously... Uh, with your unfortunate circumstances, there's been a, a few questions asked. Where, where, where have we been? Um, and after seeing you struggle to get out <laughs> the studio, I can understand why you did not want to get out of the house. So, uh, for all of our listeners, um, you owe us uh, cake. Thank yous, whatever, because yep, yep. Robo took about 25 minutes, and I'm not joking, <laughs> to get to the <laughs> to get in here from the car park. So well done, mate. It's a testament to your Thanks, uh, mate. Uh, your hard work and dedication to the show. That's why we're 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 on top. Thanks, mate. The <laughs> uh, the struggle is definitely real. Post two weeks post surgery. Thanks to everyone who'd reached out and and wish the best as well. Um, yeah, we should be back on a regular basis from this point onwards, hopefully, even though it takes me a little while to hobble into the studio. But we've got plenty to talk yes. about um, in terms of the hoops. The last time we were here, which was three weeks ago, mm. um, time's gone very quickly. You guys were rolling into a home game against Cairns. We, yep. we thought, I certainly thought that you guys would get that done pretty comfortably. I watched from the couch as you guys got done and then lost the following game to Adelaide. Correct. And all of a sudden, um, that narrative that was starting to form that, you know, is Perth season in a bit of trouble here, that was starting to hold some weight. But as I say, the last three games, massive wins. Um, first up against Melbourne at home, then to smack Adelaide at home and then uh, get the job done against Sydney in convincing style on the road. What what can you point to in those wins, mm. Greg, that, that has helped you guys rediscover some confidence, rediscover some mojo and, uh, and climb back into the top two? Yeah, I think the word confidence is right there. That's huge. Um, obviously, yeah, I mean, we we're joking about it. Or not joking, as we were entering the lift, we said well, how a few wins changes the whole mm. dynamic of a, of a club and the environment. Um, and obviously, yeah, left the studios last time. Um, yeah, thinking yeah we're going to be on the right track and beat Cairns and only to get thumped in Adelaide and obviously there was a lot of um, you know questions being asked externally but even internally you know where uh, what's happening what's going on when we invested a lot of time I mean we live and breathe this so um, you know when you're on a, on a massive skid like we were um, you know yeah you start obviously uh, evaluating every aspect of of the game from off the court on the court how you approach it um but it was crazy to think obviously we've now won three games and um then to go well now i sit on top of the ladder and fortunate enough the work that we've done at the start of the season has been able to allow us that but mm. the biggest thing for us is the total buy-in on the defensive end i think that has been huge um and why i say that i think we've obviously limited teams to under or thereabouts 80 points the last three games but why i say that um and it sounds boring and it's cliche but wildcats basketball the way we've won championships has always been on defensive end because we're it's a total buy-in mm. um and 
as professional players, we spend a considerable amount of time working on shooting and all that sort of stuff. And it's unfortunate there's games where you're not scoring. Defense is always there. There's one thing that you can always remain consistent. If you have that buy-in, you can limit teams' output. And for us, this obviously, past weekend was fantastic. There was an, on a number of occasions limiting a team to under 10 points in a quarter, which is huge. Um, but it starts generating easy points on the offensive end. We we saw that um, the week before against Adelaide was we just had no transition points, fast break points, and that's what you need. You need defense just to get some stops. Like That generates such contagious energy, like that passion, intensity. Once you start rolling, mm. um, it's good. Plus, it also allows guys to start communicating, get yourself into a game because you know your rotation. So we've we've made a real big impact. We've That was the biggest thing. After we lost Adelaide, we knew because we had a game plan in place, um, our scouting efforts, and we just didn't follow any of those disciplines. Like We looked at it and was like, everything that was put down in terms of the scouting plan, we did not adhere to. Um, And so we're like, you know, um, are we really kidding ourselves if we're, you know, we're losing games, we still just can't follow a simple game plan. And we had a point of emphasis coming against Melbourne, what we wanted to do, and that would change from time to time because of oppositions. Obviously, you've got teams that, you know, say, for example, Adelaide want to be more transition like a team like Illawarra this week, um, don't shoot so many threes, whereas Sydney, you've got, you know, uh, Brisbane likes to shoot a lot of three, so it yep. does change. But we had a really big uh, point of emphasis of making sure, irrespective of what happens offensively, defense has got to be our staple. And it's been nice because I've won three championships, and it's been the case of you know I remember two grand final victories where we limited teams under sixty points, mm. and I always yeah, there's it a reminds, 59 in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As much as the the game changes, and you see that, especially in the NBA and Golden State, and, and you know that, but. Well, irrespective, I think every time we've gone back to placing emphasis on, on defense, yeah, we've really consolidated our position. And it's been nice to get that um, and, and a total buy-in. So you're getting that. Obviously, some fantastic performances over the weekend. Um, a lot of confidence. Clint, um, obviously, absolutely sensational. And um, I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on, mm, on Mitch's yeah. injury, but obviously provide opportunity for him. But then you've got a guy like Nick Kay who... Um, absolutely playing ridiculous at the moment to, to be on the fringe of getting two triple doubles yeah, and a guy flirting, who's that, I mean, flirting with them massively yeah I mean it's funny obviously there's so much attention goes around Bryce and his MVP credentials and how well uh, Tariko White plays as well but um, he just keeps going under the radar and you just sort of even after that game I was like I know he's you know he's playing well but then to look at the score sheet and see him only a few assists off a triple double for a guy in his position which um, you know just an absolute workhorse and does get many uh, players called for him is is a testament to what he's done for us this year. Yeah, absolutely. When um, Tammy back a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half ago, when that losing was yep. still going on, how do you guys sort of block that noise out? Do you pay attention to it to sort of remind yourself or you know sort of motivate yourself about the situation that you're in? How do you sort of yeah. to deal with that when it starts really bubbling on? I wanted to give you an, a really interesting dynamic in the team. We had obviously you have play meetings and you you start going and you. You obviously don't want to, you know, you ha- it's tough because at the start of the season, if you call a player meeting, like we try and have that level of consistency because you don't want to like call a players meeting and, you know, you always hear that players only meeting or whatever without the coaches, but it's not like you say like, oh, we're in dire straits, we need to do something. Mm-hmm. So we try and have that throughout the season. Not if we're even irrespective of we're winning or losing, if we can level that, then the players have that total bind. So then like this is just a load of fluff. Like the, the captains are just called a meeting to... Um, to, I guess, bring in something new. Um, but the one thing we, we did talk about was, like, after that, um, 
And I, I do think guys are complete professionals, but we've talked about like even go on to another level. Like, what can you do for the team um, on the court and off the court? Um, to, to help us get to that next level. And we're, I'm talking about sacrifice and commitment. So, you know, for me, um, you know, do I need to reduce my skin folds for an extra 10, 10 millimetres so that I'm, you know, I increase my stamina and guard better? Or, you know, for, for me, being a little bit older, my body's a little bit tighter during the week, so I've incorporated yoga and Pilates. Now, everyone's professionals and everyone does that, but what can you do? What, what's an extra thing that you can add, an extra 1% or 2% that will help us win a championship? And so we, we brought that in um, a few weeks ago and, and really good buy-in from, you know, you've got guys investing a bit more time to video, to working with coaches, to guys playing one-on-one now, which which is an awesome thing to see when guys are, are smashing each other five on five and had a brutal session, and then straight after training session, they're um, you know, they're going in the post playing one on one just for a couple of minutes just to get ready for the game. So, yeah, we've incorporated that, um, which was nice, and we always try and do that um, because yeah, as I said, like I look at the team and you go, yeah, they're prof- they do everything you're asked for in terms of being the uh, the constant professional. But what more can you do? Um, what can you ask? And that can just be simple as incorporating meditation, you know, or hey, you're having a coffee. With for teammate, like um, to, to strengthen those ties. So that was one of the things that we, we did, um, and, and hopefully, maybe I don't know, I don't think it's a, a turning point, but it, it gets a good buy in. Um, we've done it before, and we also have a couple of things that we usually keep in house as a team that um, some mantras and some, you know, what, what, what means most to us and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, that sort of special once you, you get done retired and I catch up with the guys in 20 years time you can really like look back and go like that was cool to see um, I guess the humility and the rawness and motion of guys that what makes I guess playing for a, 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 in a team sport so special in that brotherhood and um, and those things I think those kind of conversations they're generated in, in those times where there's a lot of um, stressful situations a adversity. lot of pressure yep. and adversity yep. um, that's when you really see what guys are made about and and yeah that you know raw emotion I, I, I always strengthens the group so yeah that's it's, it's a beautiful thing I mean I, and you talk, I don't want to co- um, compare teams but it's a really contrasting thing where I saw it even Similar situation when we brought Bryce in and the roster change, we went through a stage there where we were successful in a patch. Once Bryce came in, did really well, then dropped a couple, um, but then we just uh, sort of were limping and then we just won, won out the regular season and steamrolled through the finals. And I'm st- sort of seeing some similarities because we're seeing guys really... Um, We've been tested so many times already through injuries and circumstances throughout the season. We're seeing such a, a growth in the team, and I'm seeing sort of similar th- um, styles where confidence is high, guys are buying in. Um, there's opportunities given to guys, and they're really embracing the, their role. So it's um, it's pleasing for sure. You talk about that brotherhood and that tightness through adversity. There was a really good example of that on Friday night after the win against mm. Adelaide. You guys shook hands with the Sixers. There were no fights started in the handshakes <laughs> with the Sixers, which is never Always a given nice. against the Sixers. <laughs> yep. um, but then went into the middle of the court to do yeah. that sort of little huddle after the game, then realised that Mitch Norton, um, who had hurt his calf earlier in the game, yep. was over on the side and you moved the huddle over yeah. to go and embrace Mitch. Can you tell us about how that came about and also how Mitch is tracking now with that calf injury and how he's feeling? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, suffering an injury like that um, straight away, like I knew... Uh, Mitch had suffered a calf uh, strain straight away, knowing like he looked back and I was like, Take, oh, takes one to know. Man, I know that feeling, yeah. and I was like, straight away, that's yeah, he's torn it, torn his baby cow, and <laughs> um, so I could only like, and it was more the moment I sort of 
at the end of the game, I sort of looked back and um, you could just see him. And, like, obviously, it's tough in that environment. Like, he obviously wanted to be there for the guys, but you're just thinking, far out. Like, this guy's done amazing things this year. And um, obviously, we're near the end, near the finals. Like, he, um, you know, is. is your, your first initial thoughts suffering an injury like that, you're like, I'm done for the year, right? Um, so anyway, once we're in the middle, um, we'll obviously start. But I had sort of mentioned it to Damo, like, let's move the move the huddle to him um, because um, in a time of need, you, that's the, the time you want to be there for a teammate. He obviously leads our huddle too. He does our Wildcats um, little chant or one, two, three Wildcats. So it was nice to just keep him involved in the group. And we've made sure that he's, he's remained strong within the group, whether that's our group chats on the road, He's part of the fun bus, do we say? So there's always plenty of banter between myself, Damo, Tommy, and him. And sorry, uh, sorry, is there a fun bus yeah. and a not fun bus? So uh, this is uh, this is the interesting dynamic on the road. So since I've been involved with the Wildcats nine years ago, there was yep. a thing called the fun bus. Okay, it, it first started. It was uh, Cameron Tovey, Brad Robbins, Damian Martin, and I think maybe Drew Williamson. Okay. Um, so they're they were a bit of the younger crew back then. So sorry, were you on that bus in that no, stage? No, no. So okay. I was a development player, so I sort of got on. And it was sort of like <laughs> so um, you were on the suit wearing, just yes, following a so moped. Like my very first road trip, I'm in a taxi with Andrew Vlahov uh, bus. <laughs> you know, so okay. but then as I started getting on some road trips, like usually when I filled in, like say Damo got hurt or Robbo got hurt or someone, so like you just take their spot. But I was really close mates, but. It sort of was like an evaluation period initially, like getting in that car. Like, um, so you know, like you are, you, ha- you have to provide endless banter. Um, plus, you have to buy coffees, and if you, you know picking up at the airport, okay. you're buying stuff. So, but I obviously wanted. They were like the cool crew. Like they were the older guys. Uh, sorry, younger guys at that time. It's funny to think they were young. Uh, well, I was young then. Um, <laughs> And as we went on, like, and our driver, who we call Dad, uh, Dave Philpot, um, the physio, he's, yeah, yeah, he's the he's the head stay of the of the car. Okay. So basically, over time, and to even take it back, I think Martin Catalini was part of the fun bus originally. That was his year. Then sure. he retired and it's moved on. So over the years, we've just had this fun bus, and we've just called it like, and it was sort of. You know, if a development player or a new recruit came in and we sort of like, oh, yeah, they're pretty, you know, they'll provide some engaging conversations. <laughs> I mean, they obviously have to indulge Ed- a little educate bit. Educate us about Fortnite and no, those sorts no, of things. No, see, it's a bit R-rated. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we obviously... it's. I mean, you're talking about... Like that's our moment to get away from fatherhood now, so we yep. have to like sort of okay, yeah, unwind live, a little live vicariously exactly. through the younger. Okay, so gotcha. like lo- other right. guys like would bring in like last year Mason Bragg, yep. like so we're like, hey mate, we don't go out anymore. Like, yeah. what, what, what's that like again? What happens yeah. in nightclubs and bars <laughs> and, and all of those things? Like, I don't know what, we, what goes on. So yeah, so we'd always have a couple, and you'd get um, you know like Reese Carter, you get him in for a week or two, and. Um, a bit of an audition, like if you if they didn't provide ent- any entertainment or humour, yeah. yeah, you're out. Like, and we wouldn't tell him, but we'd sort of as we got to the uh, car hire spot, um, <laughs> we basically would pack our bags and be like, get out of here straight away, and they'd be sitting there in the so white car. Yeah, so it's so tough. Harsh. It's amazing, like how things, because Sean Reddidge was the most um, crystal clear guy in the world, like when he first started, and he made his way onto the fun bus. Did he really force his hand? Because he obviously, it's it's a prestigious club to be a part of, yep. and so he got onto it. Um, 
and he was a proud member of the fun bus for a number of seasons. So, um, so who's on it right now? Who are the absolute mainstays so, of the fun yeah, bus? So, yeah, so Damon and myself have been on there for a long time. Yep. Tommy, before he left, was on it, and he's come back. Uh, I've okay. Obviously, like, yeah, I mean... So he didn't have to sort of re-audition nah, to come back in, he's just straight yeah, back in? Tom, okay. Tom's yep. endless band. Like, he's, he's a guy you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, we've brought in Mitch this year. Okay. And Dave Philpott. So they've got in there, and we've been pretty lucky. Obviously, now the rest of the team, we've got the fun bus. You've got... Like um, other guys start, yeah, like making their own buses and stuff like that. Yeah. Generally, the imports stay together. So, uh, like Tariko and Bryce, I mean, they've always, like, last year, uh, Bryce, um, JP, JP in DC, DC yeah. and Adam Ford's usually their driver. Okay. Um, their bus is pretty boring, or you just, when you drive by them on the freeways down to Illawarra, um, they've all got their iPhones, like they're just on the phone with their okay. iPods, you know, like their earphones, whatever you get, earpods. <laughs> whatever, whatever they're called yeah, these days. Young kids. All right. Okay. Well, that's so. an interesting insight. We really digress there. Um, <laughs> d- tell me quickly. We'll talk about a whole episode. Tell me quickly. We should have an episode on that. Uh, do you expect Mitch to be back for the playoffs? Yeah. I, I would, I would suggest so. I mean, he's already doing a lot more work. I think. I mean, if you ask me, like, if I was in the same situation, what would I be? You know, what would I do? And I would be, if I knew that I had the opportunity to play even in a semi or a grand final series. Um, obviously, you're hoping to make the grand final series. You're ticking every box. Right? Yeah, and more so if you're like, oh, look, if there's a chance you're re-injuring it. I'd be like, I don't care. I'll rest in the off season. I mean, you don't know how often these opportunities come around. He's yep. just coming in, and so obviously that's the thing. You don't want him playing at whatever level, and he can't contribute to a team. But I would, I would imagine he would do everything in his power. Yeah, um, yeah. And because, it, because the incentive's so great. I feel like it's been the same with me. People have said, oh, you know, make sure you stick to your rehab. I'm like, of course I'll stick to my yeah, rehab. The incentive for me is getting yeah. to use the the leg no and the knee back it's, normally like we're lucky enough that uh, we've got this fever break if there was ever a time I, I usually hate the fever break because you usually you know you're playing and especially right now and then you're going to have a week off between the um, end of the season correct and, the and yep. to, to be honest like I mean I, I like it that I don't want other teams to be rested like I'd rather everyone just going in like knowing that yeah, everyone's at the same sort of, you know, I want old bodies like Josh Boone and Bogut who've been beaten up all year. I want them to, to be sore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, but if there's a positive about this fever break, yeah, Nordo gets an, an extra week off and, um, yeah, can really go into it. So, yeah, I'd imagine, he, would, he yeah, they'll be doing that. Um, and I think even look from the same, you know, obviously I don't know this from, from Trev and the coaches, but I think they're obviously... I reckon the way he's already progressed, you know, obviously there was talk about bringing in a third import. Not saying that Sunday is not capable, but if Nordo was absolutely no chance, it might be something they would have explored a lot more, mm. you know. Yep. Um, but knowing that he's, he's he's a chance to do it, yep. you know, why would he not, you know, do that? So. Yeah. Um, a couple of quick ones about your offense. So now we're going to see potentially Bryce Cotton playing yeah. a bit more of the point. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, when Damo's off the floor. Um, what kind of a different look does that give to you guys? I mean, from my point of view, the only concern there would be fatigue, potentially not yeah. saying Bryce is unfit, but yeah, through the sure. course of a game, staying sharp towards the end. Um, and then the second one on your offense, Clint Stein will hit 11 threes yeah. across two games at the weekend. Is How much is he a, a bit of a barometer for you guys playing with confidence, getting his feet set yeah. and really making sure you're rolling offensively? From another side, we've refined our offense like, and people won't see that and they'll just see outputs, but um, the way people are guarding our players obviously one of our weaknesses has been our three-point shooting um this season um we've tinkered our offense to get 
our best shooters the ball in good spots. Um, now, people obviously won't see that because there's a lot of movement, screens, whatever it may be, but we've tinkered it. And that's why we've Clint was able to shoot 11 threes. Now, yeah, he got more minutes and a, and a bit more opportunity, but, yeah, we tinkered it to get those looks. And obviously, Bryce will play a bit of backup and Tariko will play a bit of uh, point as well and, and, and that. But, yeah, we'll have that lineup. I think um, it, it does allow Clint to have a bit more... Um, I guess more minutes on the court in a flow. Like sometimes he may only get three or four, where now he may have six or seven. So yeah, and and he looks like one of those guys who really relishes in having that freedom and that of confidence. Course. And I mean, he, he's game. unlike any player I've um, I've ever played with in terms of you know when you when you've got a guy that you, you're all you regard as as a shooter. Sometimes that's a real negative. I've seen yeah. it. You know, with Drew Williamson, Everett Bartlett, because you know, you're expected to hit correct. every shot. Right? Like I mean, whenever the, the sniper nickname, I remember like even talking to Drew. Like they would hate it because there's you know like Drew would be like I've got different a- assets of my game, facets of my game. Like I'm not mm-hmm. just a shooter, but everyone expects every time you shoot, even if you've got a guy in your face, it's going in. You know, and then obviously the game's so mental. Like once you start. Um, missing a couple and you hear the crowd like oh like every single time it's like mm-hmm. every single time you, you're shooting you're just hoping it's going in whereas Clint right now irrespective of like there's some looks that when he shoots that I'm like I wouldn't even yeah, yeah. consider shooting that in 2k like there's a <laughs> there's a guy in your jock strap and you are literally just shooting it because one he's feeling absolutely just well, in his way it's bonkers but the way but he's just confident in his way and we're giving him the ball and he's got a different mindset he's a Clint's a different cat in a good way um, but you just love his mentality right now because mm-hmm. he's doing that and um, yeah good on him you know like he, he's pr- providing that we do need a um, bit of a punch off the bench and he, and he's done that and um, I think he's saying that now obviously the last few games we've had double figures from I think four or five guys Um and I think you just get with the way we manufacture offense, we're getting better looks for guys. And yeah, I mean, for, from normal people that are fans and families and stuff, they don't see that. But we're yeah, we've been able to, to generate our offense a lot more efficiently, efficiently in the last few weeks. Yeah, for for me, you can tell a lot about how Clint's playing by looking at his feet. He gets yeah. when he's playing well, he gets his feet He's set running really all well. the court for sure. Yeah, yeah, and he gets really balanced that sort yeah. of wide stance um, and lets it fly. Quick one on the Hawks for tomorrow night, Friday night um, at RAC Arena mm. Illawarra. So basically for you guys, if you win this game, it's it's not 100% mathematically yeah. locked into the playoffs but it is pretty much, I can tell Wildcats fans it's 99% yeah. locked in and it'd basically take for Adelaide to catch you guys who are fifth uh, you'd have to lose your last three. They'd have to win their last four, all by an average of about eighteen points a game. Yeah, it's yeah. it's quite unlikely. It's possible. But it's quite unlikely. Um, what's what do you see as the key to being the Hawks? They've been a bit up and down, and also yeah. Todd Blanchfield's been balling out. How do yeah. you stop him? Yeah, I mean for us, um, for them, it's it's both. Like for us, we win. Yeah, we we pretty much are in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and for them, it's do or die. It's like they, win, yeah. Mathematically, they can still make the playoffs, yep. and so they're coming in here, um, obviously with a free hit. Like No one expects them to win. They beat us last time on their court, so I'm sure they've got a lot of confidence in, in that. Um, so for us, yeah, it's huge. Like a, We can't have a mindset we've had three great games, and we're expected just to win because it's Illawarra. Like that's, if you do that, you're going to lose like a game like against Cairns. So for us, mm-hmm. it's all about progressing in that momentum. We've played great basketball, but for us, it's huge. I mean, we've got... You know, we've got this game and then 10 days off where we can really revitalise and start focusing on, on the next few games. So, 
yeah, I hope the guys are pretty pumped up for this, knowing that, yeah, you've got a weekend off to really recover. And, um, you know, our mindset's got to be hungry. Um, they're coming in, you know, obviously they're going to be a bit physical. Blanchfield's been an absolute um, oh, revelation, maybe is a strong word, but been very, very good for them this year. Um, and so, we, yeah, we've got to get him. He's aggressive. You know, he, I guess a guy in clean, he's got the ultimate green light. Um I guess they play a very similar style to Adelaide, yeah. you know, um, not really uh, have too many shooters except Conrad coming off the bench and obviously you've got some other guys. But, um, yeah, really, you know, you've got to factor in Jet and Jackson. Those guys want to get inside the keyway. Obviously, Conklin's going to be physical and you've got a, a savvy vet like uh, David Anderson. So, yeah, definitely have to respect um, what they're doing. Um, and they're another team similar to Adelaide. They, they well, I guess, dare you to shoot. You know, you can get a, um, a wide-open look two seconds into the shot clock it's whether you if that's the right shot for you or mm-hmm. if you want to do that so yeah hopefully um, you know I've loved our energy from the get go it was amazing last week we are down 14 against Adelaide and not once was I worried um, because I knew we um, were playing the game plan like what we expected like Wiley was, was going absolutely berserk there with 13 certainly but was we, yeah, yeah. that wasn't you know we the way we were playing if he was to continue doing that we obviously would have refined it but we had not an expectation he couldn't do those we, we happy with him living long twos and shooting threes you know um, and maybe he exerted so much energy dominating that first little patch he was gassed for the rest of the game but yeah no look I, I've just loved um, our demeanour and knowing yeah we've got this behind this is the plan we're going to do it exactly how it is and um, and irrespective of those short term results we're trying to look at what's going to happen at the end of the game Leads us into a couple of uh, Twitter questions which we'll hammer through before we get out of here. This one from our friend Nick Tan. Perth yes. and Adelaide are long-time rivals. A wins over the Sixers just a little bit sweeter. Yeah, not going to lie. That, <laughs> there's been a, a healthy rivalry. Yeah, healthy rivalry. And obviously they come in and they've got some young guys that like they've to get a little a lot bit... Of, they've got a lot of swagger, yeah. Uh, ex- exuberated a lot of energy. Yep. So, um, yeah. And I mean... Um, only two weeks ago, um, as I was walking back to the our uh, opposition, oh, sorry, our team after the half half time sort of layups, uh, one of their younger players, I won't say, but a guy that may have been caught up in. Oh uh, wow! Okay, <laughs> yep, yep. Decided to exchange some pleasantries and tell me that with you, yeah, that I wasn't <laughs> very nice. Uh, words so okay. Um, it was nice to get a win and just wow. to have the last say. So well, he's had a big weekend, hasn't he? <laughs> I think I think basketball fans can probably figure out who that is. Um, and this one from Phil Mooney, who's a long time listener and first time caller on the show. How much did Greg enjoy Bryce Cotton giving it to the quote quote experts? Yeah, quote unquote experts during the thirty sixes game. We're talking about Corey Homicide Williams here on the bench, yep. obviously commentating. Um, what what was the the team reaction to that? Because we normally see yeah. Bryce, who's pretty. Placid. Um, it means a lot to him, but he doesn't often show it externally yeah. on the court. What did? How did you guys react to that? I didn't see it too after the game. Okay, uh, I love that he did it. Like I knew he had something had happened, but obviously it was just in the huddle. Um, and I had seen some interaction, but obviously the crowd was going berserk. But I just was like pumped about the play. And then until realised, like literally was on uh, someone had sent me like how good was that of Bryce, and then had seen the clip, and I was like, that is awesome like because as you said like he's a very subtle guy yeah he he does sometimes get caught up we've seen some times where he dunks at the end of the game um you know goes to the crowd but he was just caught in the moment I thought it was the right thing like a guy um really exuberated a lot of swagger if you say like it was just a a really good sort of thing to to do for him um 
it showed, I guess, a little bit of how much it means to him as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes, um, obviously, we don't have these, uh, we don't believe the experts or get caught up in the moment, but you, you do hear what they say. So, obviously, um, yeah, it was just perfect timing. And I think Bryce just summed it up really well. And uh, I loved it because it just showed him it meant something to him. Yeah, fantastic. A real highlight moment in the course of the season. Well, Crystal Ball, before we get out of yep. here, I'm going to go first, keep this real simple. I'm going for my main man, Greg Hyde to pick up five O-boards oh, against the Hawks <laughs> on Friday night. I thought you were about to go five three-pointers. Like five three-pointers <laughs> probably a bit of a stretch. But maybe a few extra minutes with nah. Mitch out, uh, crashing the glasses you always do. Give me five and I'll be All happy right, with that. Lovely. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go here and say... Whoa. I'm going to say... This is a big one across the league. Okay. Um, Are you about to call for another import to be sacked? Because not, not it's too late in the season for that. Um, I think New Zealand might go two and zero this weekend. Wow, that to would really make things, shake things really up. interesting. Yeah, hanging in the playoff yeah. race. Why not? Yeah, I hope they okay. do. <laughs> okay, we'll keep an eye on it. Sean Long playing with a lot of go. confidence over there across the ditch. Uh, that's all we got time for. Greg, go get that win on Friday Appreciate night. It, we'll mate. chat to you next week. And to our listeners, stay tuned to Perth Now in the West. We'll uh, chat to you next time. The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now, your home of sporting action from home and abroad.